So we uh, we're delighted to receive that gift and, and uh, look forward to it. And when it came upon the time to start making the reservations, we started to look it up and uh, figure out what we were going to do. And we were sitting at the computer, and Pastor Melissa and I discovered that it was a four and a half hour trip up the mountain from ground zero in the little town of Cass that boiled about 5,000 feet, one of the highest points in West Virginia. Um, and I was like, that is going to be hard. <laughs> and it might be the opposite of almost heaven. <laughs> Thinking about taking six kids on a train ride <laughs> for four and a half hours. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Pastor Wilson was thinking, yeah, you think, you're thinking about six kids, but I gotta worry about seven people because you got ADHD and halfway up here trying to jump off the rails. <laughs> so immediately I started to come up with some solutions. Hey, I'll keep Shaw back down in the town of Cass and we can spend our day relaxing. And, uh, I thought that might be a whole nother level of opposite of heaven. Uh, and so uh, that wasn't going to work either. So we all decided to go and uh, we arrived and, and we get there and board the train and, and uh, we chug, chug, chug. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going to be miserable after the first five minutes. The kids were very excited first, and then Lydia caught on fire. Um, so that added to some excitement to the trip. And we had her out, she was fine. So we go up the mountain. It's just hard. It's a hard thing to just process. Uh, however, all along the way, we started to see and experience what it was all about, and just feel the history of why that railroad was even invented in the first place, uh, to get these logs down the mountain, and the intricate system of, of setbacks that they would have, uh, and the special engine locomotives that was developed by Mr. Shea out of Michigan. And so all that, when you start thinking about it, and hearing the sounds, and then you look out, these open cars, and you look out into God's wilderness, and you see uh, the miracle of life, really. And then you stop at the old little villages where the campers would, would uh, set up life and camp while they were working. And then as you climb higher and higher and higher, you can look out and see some of the most beautiful scenery uh, that, that you've ever seen. And then ultimately to the very top, we got the ball about 5,000 feet, and you can look out and get off the train. Uh, that was the biggest miracle. And then you could, you could look out and over, and you could see the state of Virginia from where we were. Uh, it was just such an amazing, clear, and beautiful day, um, and it made it all worth it. I was so glad I didn't stay down uh, in the low ground at ground zero, or I would have missed, missed all of that. You would not knew the journey was going to be hard. Uh, I took it anyway, and uh, it was greatly, greatly uh, rewarded. Mary and Joseph uh, have been on a journey themselves. And uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to, to 
read the whole Gospel of Luke, I mean, we're only in the chapter two here, so you just have to back up a couple pages. Uh, but you can get a glimpse of this journey uh, that has taken uh, Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, as we've heard tonight. Uh, and we can lose sight quickly as we jump to the baby Jesus and we think about all the things that he needs, and that is what's most important. But we can lose sight quickly uh, about how hard that journey was for this family. Uh, Mary is pregnant. Now, uh, I've had a little bit of experience with pregnancy. And let me just tell you, it's hard on us. <laughs> Especially at certain times in pregnancy, the longer you get, basically. Uh, and so, uh, and if you've just been around anybody, uh, and, and that's just the way it is. We'll just move on from that. But it was hard for Mary. And I have no idea. We don't really know from the scripture. You can do some math in there. But we don't know exactly when she was due. Uh, but we do know they had to go on this trip because of some government overreach, uh, making them go and do this census. And so you can just imagine as she has uh, heard this news that they got to travel, they probably had a conversation like, come on, really? And so they're not jumping onto a train or a plane or getting a transit van or calling an Uber. They're getting on a donkey. And so it doesn't matter whether she's three months pregnant, seven or nine, or whether the baby's due today or next week or next month, this is going to be a hard journey. And Mary probably didn't want to go. And she probably made it visible for Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? I mean, I'm not making this up. This is a real thing. And did she really want to go? Uh, I love that we sang, Mary did, we, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that you were going to have to take this trip and there was going to be a heart? You know, did she really want to go? No. They went anyway. They went on this journey. This whole story's been a journey. This whole, we've been here in our parish, um, we've been working with angels for a few weeks. And it's an amazing thing, these angels that we looked at in the stories have shown up in people's lives where um, maybe we could say they're experiencing lows in life. I mean, we'll start out of order. We'll start with Mary. When Mary gets the announcement that she's going to be pregnant, we have to think about this for a second. She's very young, very young. In those times, um, she would have been a very young teenager being in this arranged marriage. So she's getting ready to marry. She's engaged. It's the We'll just leave that for, for later. It's a long process. And it, which means her father and Joseph's father would have gotten together and they would have made a legal contract, worked out the finances. So in other words, she's marrying somebody. She said, no. Yeah, how low that would make her feel. It doesn't matter if it's the custom or the culture or the way things were. It's a low feeling for her. It's a low point. But then this angel shows up and says, hey, you're going to be pregnant. Now, for a moment, that probably made her feel even lower, right? Like, oh, crap. This <laughs> <laughs> just made my day a lot better. <laughs> but as the story unfolds and the angel lifts her up from her lowest status, she's thinking about that after the angel visits and leaves. She says, God has looked upon the lowliest of servants. Such a young girl for such a cause to carry the Savior. And so she's lifted up right on top as she decides to carry on this mission. Joseph, he's visited by the angel. 
He is in, he is, we know from the scriptures that he's in a low point. Because one of two things has happened here. Either his wife has stepped out on him before they're even legally married or just engaged. And back then, that was a really big deal. Here it's a really big deal too, but back then it's a really, really big deal. Because she could have died for it. And so he's received his news that his wife-to-be or his engaged wife is pregnant. And so he's in a low, low moment. And the angel visits him in a dream and says, hey, wait a minute. Let me lift your spirits up a little bit. And he tells Joseph, the angel does, what's the story? What's up? Mary's not, Mary didn't step out. This is all good. The Holy Spirit is prophet. Now that probably took a little while to process too, but he's lifted up through this and he decides to stick with it. And that's how we have the rest of the story. You one of the ones we didn't just talk about through this little bit here was though, but even with Zechariah and Elizabeth, John's parents. That was the first of the series we talked about in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke that you can read. The angel visits Zechariah. And they're in a low point and lifts them up. And so, so far, just in two chapters of this Gospel of Luke, we hear all kinds of things about low status, low status, and about being lifted up, and about God doing some great reversals. And that's going to be the way going forward uh, in Christ. One of the great things about this story that was read tonight for us in the second half of the passage that Ken read is it wasn't unusual for when a king or emperor was born in the first century or in, the, in that time um, in the Roman Empire, it wasn't unusual that they would gather famous poets or great orators, the great creatures of the day, like me, and they would, I'll just see if you're awake. So, like Pastor Melissa, they put them up in the town square and they would announce these great things about what this new emperor that was just born was going to be and going to do and, and declare prosperity and peace. So that wasn't unusual. But what's unusual here is now these uh, this announcement's coming from angels. And so it's not an orator, it's not a poet of the day, they're angels that are declaring the peace and prosperity. And not just to the people that are in the in crowd that voted the right way in the election. Uh, it's for all people, the angel said. And it's not declared in the county seat or in the town square or in the palace. It's declared in the shepherd's field. But the loneliest of people. The shepherds are even lonelier than Mary. The shepherds don't even have a manger or a barn to sleep in. Mary and Joseph, they're sleeping with chickens and roosters. I guess roosters are chickens. They're sleeping with donkeys and mules. They're the same thing too, right? And donkeys. They're sleeping with animals. They're getting kicked in the head. Well, the shepherds don't even have that. They don't even have hay to lay their head on. They're out there on the rocks. Protecting the sheep, the lions, the tigers, and bears. You are awake. So it's these shepherds and these low, low occupation at the time. Hear the good news for the first time, then they respond to it, and then they're the ones that go to Bethlehem after the angel read, and they're the ones that declare this good news, not the orators, not the poets. It's an amazing story of reversal, and I love it. I 
beloved, that the gospel of Luke takes us there from the beginning of the pages, chapter 1, verse 1, through the story that can rich for us tonight. It's great reversals. It's speaking to us. It's inviting us all in to this story. Because all of us in here are ordinary people. And guess what ordinary people do? We go through stuff. We go through things. We have lows. Anybody in here just had a perfect 2016? Raise your hand. If you were a perfect 2016. That means you were the world's best husband, or best wife, or friend. You modeled your parents every day. You got straight A's in college. Colleagues, high school trades. We all go through stuff, and the story invites us in. The loneliness of lows. We all experience lows. We get sick. We have loved ones that die. We mess up. We sin. We make mistakes. We don't get the promotion at work. We get laid off. We get fired, we have accidents, our families fall apart, all the bad news. And even if you've been able to navigate 2016 and that stuff didn't happen to you, 17. <laughs> <laughs> My year was so good. <laughs> now we gotta start all over. No, no.
Christmas is for us that are experiencing the lows. I was listening to, uh, I'll have to do this to relieve stress. I'll listen to the Paul Feinbaum show. If you don't like college football, you don't know what that is. But it's the show out in the South, and uh, people are crazy about college football in the South. And they call and they're nuts on the show. And they yell at each other and they yell at the host. And it's just a great, wholesome way to relieve stress for me. <laughs> I hear people that talk like me. It makes me feel good. They say y'all a lot, that kind of stuff. You're right at home. But anyway, once a year, there's some redeeming qualities to this show. It happened on Friday night where a, a friend of Paul Feinbaum is the Archbishop, um, Joe Burrito. And he calls in and guests can call in. And so I was listening at it at the right precise time when somebody was calling in saying they were experiencing some stuff and some grief and they lost their dad and mom back to back and it was just tough time, tough season. And the Archbishop said some great words of wisdom for us. He says, it's precisely the low points of life that God comes down to meet us. It's precisely in the low parts of life where God comes down to meet us. We sing that great Christmas carol, God came down to Christmas. God comes down to the manger in that hay amongst the chickens and the hens and the donkeys and the cows and in the baby manger where Mary and Joseph are laying because they couldn't get into the inn. That's where God came. And it reminds us that God comes down to us when we're experiencing the lows. Then he goes on to say, our human condition, our human condition, whatever it is you and I are going through that is bad or low or tough or hard and when we want to quit, whatever it is, that's not the final answer. The Word, capital W, has the final answer. Jesus Christ has the final answer. Maybe Jesus coming down into our hard stuff. And he said, that is the essence of Christmas. It's the essence of Christmas. And so it is a message for all of us, not just the happy people. Not, don't happy people, I'm not just young nerds. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> message is not just for them, it's for all of us. You know, we're stressed. Crazy, tired, sick, and in trouble, and getting on other people's nerves, all that stuff, and grieving, lost, confused, sinful, precisely what the Christmas story is for. It's when we are experiencing things like that. And so I'm thankful for the angels in this Christmas story that come to these folks, Elizabeth. Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, who are all ordinary people, just like you and I, and declares that Jesus Christ has come. Glory to God in the highest heaven, the angels sing to the shepherds, that we sing together in church. Excelsis. Excelsis means excellent. It means to rise up to ascend. And so those are the words that God gives us in this Christmas story when we are at our lowest levels. So my prayer for you is the same prayer that I have for myself and for my family. And that is, I pray that none of us are experiencing woes at this moment. 
Or if we are experiencing a low, it's temporary. But if and when the lows come, and they will come, that we remember the Christmas story according to the gospel. And that is that God comes down to us during our lows to raise us up so that we can see the highest heaven. The highest heaven come. And we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Amen. 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 Sure up. I guess so. Thank you.